Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the NZ Tech Podcast. Woo-hoo. You've got Bradley Burrows in the studio. And with Skip Parker. And we're going to hand over to Mr. Paul Spain. Greetings guys, um, coming at you live and direct from... Las Vegas, Nevada, wow. home of the Consumer Electronics Show 2012. Wow, you made it. Big Bird took you over there. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it all, all worked out well um, here, on, here on the ground and just been having a blast. It's, it's crazy. There's so much going on. The funny thing is that CES hasn't even officially opened yet. So at the moment, there's all sort of press preview events. There's a startup debut event that I went to. Uh, all sorts of things happening. What has happened today, though, was the big uh, the big kickoff, the big keynote, uh, as well as a, a bunch of other press events. So it's it's a blast. It's really cool. Cool. So we're going to cover off um, CES a little bit later. We're we're first going to have a quick round the table of what uh, we got over Christmas from Santa. Skip, what did you manage to get from Santa Claus? Well, I have to admit that uh, this year the technology side of things has been a little low yeah. from the Santa Claus uh, department. Were you naughty? May have been. Okay. May have been. I'm not sure on that one. The um, the main thing, however, is that I'm really kind of saving for this year. I mean, this year I would really see as a big year in tech. There's going to be a lot of really cool new gadgets. Mm. Uh, we we're going to see the Ultrabooks, a little bit more of them, hopefully at CES. We're going to see uh, tablets coming into a little bit more, more than just the iPads, for example. So I'm kind of saving for those. But for me, Christmas time has been gaming time, and it's the Battlefield 3s and games like that. And of course, really, really late nights playing Lord of, uh, Lord of the Rings War in the North with uh, a Mr. Bradley Burrows till 3 in the morning. Oh yeah, we've enjoyed that. It's been yeah, ridiculous. Look, for me, I, I got one amazing um, Christmas present, which was the Logitech Squeezebox Radio. Um, key thing I love about this is that there's an app for every platform, Android, um, iOS, and Windows Phone that allows you to control it, plug straight into your iTunes or your music stores so you can stream the music throughout the house. 6,000 6, radio stations streaming through. It syncs up with your amplifier so you can talk to that if you've got the Wi-Fi enabled amps that are coming out now um, and it's for 149.95 I got it for in the US it's one of the best purchases and Santa was very kind to me Paul what about you what did you get uh, from Santa Claus so yeah what what I got was nothing <laughs> <laughs> on at Christmas um, I mean what I was looking for were the Boxing Day sales but as it happened we decided to go off camping, so I missed the big Boxing Day sales in in Auckland, where the where the best deals were to be had. Uh, but um, due to weather happenings and so on, ended up back in uh, New Zealand in Auckland for. Um, uh, boy, I am mixed up. Uh, that's travelitis. <laughs> I was about to say. Um, it, so uh, yeah, so uh, New Year's Eve, I managed to uh, dive into um, to the warehouse who were. As I as I found out from the great uh, guys on Geek Zone, uh, they do a price matching uh, scenario. So in most cases, if you've got a, a deal on offer from somewhere else, and JB were doing an amazing deal on an Xbox um, 360 with 250 gig um, hard drive and connect, that bundle was coming in. I think just over 350 dollars. JB were 
out of stock certainly at the store I went to they may have had some in some of the other stores um, but uh, I took the brochure into um, the warehouse and they hooked me up so that w- that was pretty cool uh, I didn't actually need one for home but um, I wanted to get an extra <laughs> connect to uh, get set up at work so um, that that was my uh, um, gadgetry uh, uh, expenditure over the uh, Christmas New Year break now, Paul, um, just because uh, the quality of the recording that we're hearing from you tonight is going to be phenomenal because yep. we're trying something different. You actually do have some new gadgets that you're playing with at CES that were at your hotel when you arrived. Yeah, so when I arrived at the hotel, there was, um, well, let's be honest, there were eight boxes worth of deliveries that had come in for me. <laughs> And uh, some of those boxes had, you know, a number of items in them. Some of them only had one or two, uh, but that included some uh, some great new audio recording gear, um, and and yeah, just really really pleased with the results. And it does allow us to, um, you know, both do the the uh, recording of uh, you know one to one type interviews, uh, improvement when we're doing um, these on online uh, sessions as well as uh, even being able to record things like a, uh, a press event. And we'll, we'll cover some of that off later on in, in the episode uh, with um, one of the press events that I was uh, I was at today and uh, managed to record a, an interview that I did with uh, the CEO of uh, Nokia. And uh, so, yeah, the, the equipment's come in really handy. Uh, there are a bunch of other little gadgets and, and things that I bought, um, primarily some new phones from Nokia and HTC. Well, I think um, I can't wait to see some of this gadget back in the studio because it's going to improve our stuff in the studio as oh, well, yeah. to be honest. So, so Paul's at CES at the moment, Skip, and he's obviously had an amazing sort of 48 hours getting there. So, Paul, what are the, sort of the first 48 hours? What have you seen outside CES and when you landed on the plane, some of the cool things you're telling me about? Yeah, so um, even even just getting into LAX, one of the things I hadn't seen before was a, a new temptation was that Best Buy, which is one of the big electronics retailers uh, here in the US, Best Buy have a, um, you know, you get the vending machines, they've got Coke and chips and, you know, chocolate bars and so on, and, and they're everywhere in the, in, the, in the US. Did you get the munchies? So, well... In, a, in an odd sort of way, I got the munchies for some tech. Um, so I'm walking in through the airport, and there's one of these uh, vending machines, but it's a Best Buy vending machine, and it's got in it smartphone, oh, it's tablets, um, it's got you know chargers, it's got you know a whole bunch of different stuff you can get out of this vending machine. You just slot in your credit card. Pick what you want. If there's a you know touch screen, you can just run through and, and look stuff up, various prices. Pick it and say, "Yep, I'll have that." And it pops out your new tablet or you know phone cha- portable phone charger or what have you um, straight out of the out of the machine. Awesome. And they 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 um, yeah, I've seen them in a number of airports. So um, very cool. That that's just crazy when you can actually now buy your tablets and your phones. And next you'll have game consoles through there. I mean, that's just insane concept. The, uh, the yeah the focus of it is for travellers so it's things that would be relevant to you when you're travelling because uh, there's obviously only you know limited a limited size but um, yeah great great idea and you imagine if you're about to jump on a really long flight it would be would be helpful so you're not going to pick up any 55 inch TVs off this vending machine the 55 inch TVs 
would probably struggle to come out of the bit at the bottom. Where you know, <laughs> like if they managed to squeeze it in, there wouldn't be many other products. But it's how you'd get it out of the machine would be the problem, unless they had some new technology that could sort of squeeze it up and pop it out or something. But I mean, you know, who knows what they're going to come up with in future, Skip. So you were twittering, and I saw you quickly say that you got picked up in some special buses over there. Yeah, so this was interesting. When I got to um, when I got to Las Vegas, you, you're walking through the airport, and I hadn't been to uh, Vegas before, and I've, I, you know, I've been to quite a few uh, parts of the parts of the US before. Uh, Miami probably being the um, um, the most interesting in a place where I've been almost more than anywhere else. Um, for uh, I've been there a number of times for the winter winter music conference, which is the big, the big uh, DJ uh, style uh, or DJ and, and music event. Um, but yeah, in in uh, in the airport at Vegas, and it's like this everywhere in Vegas. I've got to say, is you get off the plane and to your left and to your right, you've got uh, pokey machines and so on. So that was interesting. Uh, but I kept walking down to uh, to collect my bags, and when I got down to the baggage collection area. Um, you know, you're used to seeing people holding up the signs with your name. So I was looking. Oh, where's the sign with my name? You know, there's going to be a there's going to be a limo or something waiting for me. Surely, right? <laughs> and uh, um, you know, I was bitterly disappointed. Um, and until uh, until I walked past the initial lot of uh, you know uh, signs being held up by by uh, limo drivers and 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 you know transport people, because there was uh, there were a bunch of people and. Nokia outfits with sort of uh, Windows Phone um, esque sort of uh, branding on them, and Nokia branding, offering free transport to bunch of basically the major hotels, and uh, that was really cool. So basically, you could jump on board, they hook you up. They have these huge, big London uh, double decker buses, uh, open top things, and uh, you jump on their free transport. They'd show you the newest uh, Windows phones and uh, what Nokia had to offer. So that was that was cool because I haven't really got a, had a chance to look at a lot of that stuff because it hasn't been released in New Zealand yet. So um, yeah, that was neat. So obviously, an interesting few hours at the landing in um, Las Vegas. So what have you managed to see of CES so far? Well, CES itself hasn't formally started yet, uh, but what what there was going on was CES Unveil, which is a press event that was held on the uh, on the Sunday afternoon, and that was that was really fascinating actually because what what's happened with CES is it's is it's it's grown, and what's happened with media, of course, is because of social and online media. The number of people that are involved in media has changed from, you know, if we go back to the early days of CES, and it's been around for a long time, um, you would have found that, you know, the press was sort of TV, radio, and, and you know, magazine editorial stuff, so there weren't a huge numbers. But at this press event that was in a reasonably small space, there must have been some 2,000 people trying to get to see um, some of these new products that were being shown off at the uh, at the CES un- un- Unveiled event. It included, um, the probably the biggest name there was Lenovo, who was showing off some of their uh, new bits and pieces. They had a uh, 55-inch smart, smart TV that was running ice cream sandwich, so Android uh, version 4 which was completely reskinned to be useful as a TV at this stage just released in the uh, or releasing in the Chinese market uh, but yeah qu- quite interesting and 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 unusual uh, a bunch of android handsets from them um, but the, you know what i found interesting were their um, 
were their uh, laptops, and they have so many new laptops coming to market. Amazing, some really really cool stuff. Uh, that you know, they you can see that although they're they're playing around in the Android um, space with you know tablets and bits and pieces. Uh, again, mostly in the Chinese market and with smartphones, um, their main focus continues to be around PCs and laptops that run Windows. So, Paul, sorry to interrupt you. Um, quick question: You mentioned about the ice cream sandwich uh, TV. What did you actually get a chance to have a look at it? Yeah, the um, yeah had had a bit of a bit of a look around that. Um, yeah, I mean a whole bunch of content that you can get access to. And apps and 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 whatnot. Um, you know, there's a controller for it, so you can you can actually play Android games with a um, with a wireless controller on your TV. So it makes the TV more than well. And this seems to be what we what we're we're starting to see now with um, with the, with the TVs is is that they really are becoming smart TVs, and so they'll have in them. More than just being a dumb device, it just takes a raw broadcast. But you know, you can get apps, you can do these various things. But you know, uh, because Android has a lot of games, your your TV itself becomes a console. So I've got a question for you. I mean, this is something the smart TV space in New Zealand has obviously we've been a bit limited. I think the Samsungs had a little bit in there, but what is it really content driven from that side or is it the apps or i mean i'm just wondering whether these things are going to work outside the u.s market and and sort of what your feeling is are you seeing a different experience to what you think you'd get in new zealand well i mean this was interesting because the 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 only one the only device shown at ces unveil was was lenovo initially targeting the chinese market so i think what we'll see over the duration of ces is going to be what's coming out, for, uh, you know, from the various other players, and I think that will be very interesting to see. So we'll be reporting back on that in uh, in, in one of the upcoming episodes. So just for those that are interested, we've got episode forty nine online now. Uh, that's our first episode uh, covering the Consumer Electronics Show. That's a lot of the interviews and so on that I did uh, both at CES Unveiled and at Startup Debut. So that one's really worth listening to to catch some of those, you know, unusual companies that we came across. We're trying to. Cover not just the big mainstream announcements because those are all over the media, but some of the more um, uh, the more un- un- unusual and edgy, I guess, uh, startups and 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 smaller players. So um, that's what what episode forty nine w- was was all about. Wicked. So from there, you've had a bit of a sort of preview around. Is it media only at the moment, or is the general public allowed to go through? So CES is there's no general public allowed whatsoever. It's basically just media and industry people. The other bits and pieces that uh, CES unveiled there, there was Ultrabook coming through from uh, Lenovo, some new consumer devices. They've got their new uh, business class things like their uh, you know T uh, uh, new T series and X series that they were talking about that are coming through in uh, in May. Uh, and then there, there were all sorts of things. There was uh, Powerbag, which was a company um, that sells a, a, a backpack and various bags that have got a battery built into it. So let's say you're traveling or you're off to university each day and you're wanting to carry things like tablets and smartphones. Um, you charge the bag as well as charging your devices. And then when you're out and about, you can plug your uh, devices into the bag to keep them, uh, keep them juiced up during the day. Uh, so that was quite a cool idea. Um, there's a uh, company out of Australia doing um, uh, quite high-end um, uh, headphones, the little uh, earbud-type um, in-ear uh, headphones. 
uh, company doing um, a new uh, stovetop. So quite, you know, like all over the place in terms of technology and and, and electronics that were that were on offer there. There were these little drones as well that I saw um, that were that were all sort of at a preview stage. So they were just sort of showing off the packaging, and they had some some early sample builds that have got you know, cameras and so on in them for surveillance. Um, but they looked like toys, so you wouldn't you'd see this thing flying around like oh, some kids flying his toy, but actually um, surveillance drones. Um, there, there was there was such a variety of of stuff um, at 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 these events, and then the um, uh, startup um, de- debut, which was that was cool as well. Uh, that was in a club. Went to that during the evening, and there was sort of a, a, a small sort of press invite uh, to that. I saw one or two of sort of more mainstream media, like there was. Um, uh, Brian Cooley from uh, CNET was there, uh, but most most of the media were were less uh, less known at that one. So that was quite interesting. And one of the um, one of the things that we came across there was a product called Liquipel. And what you do is you send in your it could be your iPhone, whatever smartphone or, or whatever that you have that you want um, to not get damaged by water. You send it into these guys, sixty US. They send it back. They coat it in some sort of um, ion coating or something or other, and then the your device will actually repel liquid. So if you get spill a bit of water on your phone, um, your phone, you know, nine times out of ten is going to be totally fine. And we'll try and put up their YouTube video uh, where they actually show off an iPhone four submerging it completely under, you know, pouring liquid right water right on top of it. And it still goes, and then they pull it out of the water, and it's fine. So it's very I, I, cool. I know quite a few people that would really value that in nightclubs where they drop their phones in the toilet. <laughs> so I've got a challenge for you while you sort of walk around on the floor. One of the, Obviously, the pre-CS hype was is around the Microsoft Keynote, what's going to happen there, but also around Ultrabooks. So hopefully, if you get a chance in the next episode after this 51, when we're looking at what's happened at CES, um, you'll be able to give us a wrap-up of all the cool Ultrabooks that are going to be on the floor, because I think last year was the year of the tablets or the Android devices. From what I'm hearing, it's going to be the year of the, um, the, the, um, the Ultrabooks. Yeah, that that's it. that seems to be the uh, the direction which we're seeing at the moment, and you know we certainly saw that from uh, uh, from Lenovo as well, and at you know some of the press events that have been going on today, uh, with, you know with the, with the likes of, of of Samsung and so on, they're uh, they're really showing off their um, the ultrabooks. That's a really big focus, and you know of course it's there's a lot of hype um, here around Windows 8. Everyone wants more info. Microsoft are keeping pretty tight lipped about. Um, you know, releasing too much more at this stage, but the, there's a real buzz around uh, around Windows 8. That's um, you know, th- that, that's for sure. Cool. So now you're going to get across to a couple of the um, keynotes. What are sort of the what are the two biggies that you or three biggies that you're going to try and attend? Um, well, no, the key, most of the the, um, the kind of the key press and keynote events have happened uh, today. Oh, okay. So uh, so we we got to um, the Nokia press conference. Now, one of the common things, you know, I mentioned how many people were at the CES unveiled, and you know, I mean, there were just massive queues to get into that event, and then it was just crazy inside. There was a, a similar story with the press events, all all uh, the. Um, uh, the various launch launch events um, today as well, and what that meant was if you weren't early enough in the queue, 
and there were there were people turning up. I even remember for CS Unveiled, there were people two hours before that were queuing to get into uh, that were queuing to get into this um, uh, into this this event, and w- we saw the same across the other ones. So the the Nokia event, for instance, I turned up um, oh, maybe half an hour or so early thinking that oh that should be enough i only just managed to get in um but uh what happened was i i ended up being um um looked after by uh the the nokia team and they put me in one of their vip seats up the front so that worked out definitely worked out nicely paul you're such a jammy sod (laughs) yeah thank thanks for that brad so yeah but the the uh the Nokia the Nokia event was was really a big one and I'm not sure if we realize quite how big this announcement is just yet but we at, at this event there were three of the biggest CEOs that are going to be around uh, CES this year so we had the CEO of Nokia there uh, Stephen Elop CEO of Microsoft was there Steve Barmer and the CEO of AT&T uh, Ralph Delavega they were all on stage for this announcement and what they were announcing was the launch of the Nokia 900 um, Nokia Lumia 900 which is the the very um, latest of the Nokia uh, smartphones and this is really going to be their big um, their showcase device uh, for the US market, so this is this is Nokia saying we are competing with iPhone and Android head-on with one really stunning device. Uh, the Lumia 900 is an LTE device, so oh. it'll be the first Windows phone to support LTE, which is a which is a, a 4G um, network, which is is becoming the um well it really is the main uh 4g network that's that's being rolled out in most areas globally we will see it rolled out in new zealand in the future paul sorry quick question for you did you manage to um see any of these devices up on stage or anything like that yeah no i have i have seen um i've had some brief looks and what i'll be working on over the next couple of days is actually to get a good a good close up because there's only so far you can get at these uh, at, at these press events, um, but yeah, this so this Nokia Lumia 900. It's a 4.3 inch screen uh, handset, so it's a you know probably that sort of sweet spot uh, size wise, a step up from the uh, Lumia 800, which has got I think a 3.7 inch uh, screen, which which to date for the last few months has been um, really that top of the line new smartphone from uh, from Nokia. And uh, yeah, front-facing camera, rear-facing camera, um, their Carl Zeiss lenses, and and so on. So a really, really nice Windows Phone um, device. And what what we saw also later on with with other uh, announcements, such as the um, you know the main keynote with uh, with Microsoft, the main CES opening keynote, was yeah, this is really being touted kind of as as the premier Windows Phone. And yeah, it seems to be creating a buzz already. It's quite quite interesting. Now you you've got a bit of an exclusive here. You've managed to actually get a good recording of the Nokia press event, have you? We're going to cut across that and get some snippets out of that good press um, outing. 
Yeah, so um, I managed to record this session and uh, yeah, I was privileged enough to be able to um, ask a question of um, the Nokia CEO, uh, Stephen Elop. So we'll just cut across to, uh, to that one now. Um, I'm curious, what are your plans for the other international markets and what are you doing to allow people, the early adopters, to access your products that aren't being released through the carrier channel? There seems to be a lot of parallel imports of devices at the moment into smaller markets and I don't think that's, you know, I'm interested in your plans. Yeah, so our plans, and this you'll see this continue through 2012, is that market by market by market, we'll be taking the Lumia product line in different configurations, region by region, but taking it broadly around the regions where Nokia does business today. And so I highlighted some of those countries. I mentioned, I'm sorry, Australia, but I didn't mention New Zealand, so got caught on that. Thank you. But it's clearly our intention to have broad coverage with the Lumia portfolio. 2012 is the year where a great deal of that work will be undertaken. And what you're seeing as this beachhead strategy gets started in Europe, now the U.S., we've already announced plans for China, Latin America. You know, in the earlier part of 2012, there's lots more to come. So during the course of 2012, we'll be doing that. As well, we'll be supplementing in various regions operator channels with direct distribution, retail outlets, and so forth, and also online sources. For example, in Europe, there are you know, Amazon sites that, that have devices available as well. Well, wow, so you actually got to have a chat or ask a Q&A with Stephen Elob from Nokia. Yeah, that was quite cool. I guess that's one of the opportunities at, at these big events. If you're in the right place at the right time, there, there is that potential to to actually interact with uh, with these CEOs. And that's, you know, it's only once or twice a year that these guys go in front of most of the, ma- you know, most of the mainstream tech media. And, you know, there were only, you know, five or ten uh, people, you know, from the from the global press that that got a chance to ask a question. So that was really nice, probably partly to do with that uh, that upfront seating that I managed to get. And you, um, he actually remembered New Zealand. He got us, I heard the little plug there about New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was good, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully, um, yeah, we we stay on we stay on the radar with these big firms. It's it's good to hear that Nokia have still got all their markets at heart. You know, I mean, they they tend to be everywhere. They are in almost every country, so it's quite good to see. And the the Lumia series looks amazing, and the nine hundred is going to be. Well, I just hope I can't wait to see more information coming out from CES on it because there's going to be more press. But there was another device which just absolutely floored me with one of its stats was one of the new HTC phones that had something like a 16 megapixel camera. Yes, actually, um, one of the things that well, I had two devices because the, the the Lumia and the new HTC. Um, are pretty impressive devices so I had one of each waiting for me when I arrived at the uh, at the hotel <laughs> so I could have a look yeah I know I know um, but um, yeah so so um, the 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 so the no, the new uh, HTC I had was the HTC Titan that was that was uh, ready for me when I got there um, what they announced was today uh, also uh, was the HTC Titan 2 and this is going to be coming out also on AT&T's network so AT&T which of course is the network that first released uh, the iPhone 
Uh, they seem to really be getting these exclusives with HTC, with Nokia, etc., and getting the very best handsets. And they're they're just you know they're a massive network, and they're obviously very very good at cutting those sorts of deals. The Titan Two is similar to the HTC Titan, which I got, but it adds LTE, so the full 4G network, which you know can do some blazing sort of speeds, you know, potentially, you know, 50 megabits a second and so on through onto your, Holy onto your phone. So, you know, we're, we're talking, um, you know, we're, we're talking the potential of, of speeds that will line up with uh, low-end uh, fibre internet connections and, and in some cases blow away your, um, your ADSL2 connection. Um, and so it's LTE like, like the um, Lumia 900, and yes, a 16 megapixel camera. Now, you know, I've got a, I guess I've got a query putting a 16 megapixel camera in a phone because, you know, I think sometimes there's these guys put in, they put in the 16 megapixel because it sounds cool, but realistically, to, to deliver a good image at 16 megapixels you need really really good optics like that Carl Zeiss which uh, Nokia are including and you need a, um, a big uh, image sensor which of course there isn't room to have a big image sensor in a smartphone so I'm my feeling is really that the 16 megapixel is is um, is for bragging rights rather than it necessarily delivering any better picture. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the 8 megapixel and 5 megapixel um, cameras in some of the Nokia Lumias will actually deliver a a, uh, a better image overall. There you go. That's my uh, my opinion. That's a that's a fair call. I mean, yeah. it, a lot of the we, I was actually watching the keynote with um, one of the keynotes with a uh, photographer friend of mine. Um, this afternoon and he just looked at me like are you serious this is just ridiculous I mean you just don't get that size megapixel in a phone I mean it's it's crazy it's just I, crazy I, I can't see that the point of having something that powerful and, and a little device I mean I understand the iPhone's great resolution I'd rather have 8 megapixel like, and like Paul had mentioned have really good lens and everything but 16 is just getting stupid I guess the thing is that they're probably trying to avoid the uh, issue where um, the iPad 2 had where the basically the, the camera was rubbish yeah. and they're sort of trying to I guess meet what is a perceived market demand which may not actually be there yeah, I mean, I think you know we should be cautious about drawing judgment before we've seen it too. So we'll we'll look out and hopefully uh, we'll be able to get our hands on on one of these cameras and actually try it. The other one that's interesting again that I'm quite keen to get our hands on and try um, is um, the phone that Fujitsu Toshiba uh, launched in Japan uh, in about September. So it's been out for a few months, but it's got a 12 megapixel camera on it. Um, and yeah, I'd just like to see how that one holds up. So wait, wait, we might so try and do some testing Paul, in the next little while. What you're saying is Fujitsu have a phone? Hello? Yes, so they were the, actually the first uh, company in the world. Well, Fujitsu and Toshiba are kind of one company, and I think in Japan they go under the Fujitsu uh, name for a lot of their stuff. In New Zealand and other markets, the Toshiba name is, is more out front, Toshiba laptops oh, okay. and, and so on. And they released, I think it was around September, um, they released a Windows phone handset with, a, I think, a 12 or 13 megapixel camera. Uh, it could cope with getting... Um, 
getting wet and and um, you know taking some some bumps and so on. I think you know underwater type usage and so on. So um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get our hands on on one of those at some stage as well as this one and just sort of compare what's happening. Uh, I mean, we are seeing better and better uh, cameras. You know, across across the handsets, and you know, of course, we've uh, we've we've seen that in uh, in some of the newer um, um, you know Samsung handsets as well lately with some uh, some pretty cool uh, cameras and optics. So there's there's a lot that is happening in that sort of camera space on the um, on the smartphones. So that's a great recap of the the Nokia, I suppose, keynote. Now you've also managed to be um, be jammy side again and get across into the Microsoft VIP one. Um, from my side of the fence over here in New Zealand, it seemed just to be a, a giant recap of what they'd done. There wasn't anything new, but that's looking at it from New Zealand perspective. Paul, you were there in, uh, up in personal. What did you see? So yeah, the um, I guess the big the big press event of CES every year is the main keynote and that's uh, usually held the day before that uh, CES uh, opens so in, in this case um, what's you know Tuesday in, in New Zealand or, or Monday uh, here in the US uh, and for the last 14 years this has been presented by Microsoft uh, I think the first um, is it 14 years I think the, the, the majority of them were Bill Gates until yep, the uh, first 11 were Bill Yep, until after he retired, and then uh, you know Steve Barmer's picked them up in, uh, in in the last few years, and you know what we knew up front, and Microsoft have been very straight up about this, as they said, look, and you know they've they've announced that they're pulling out of CES and of this position of running the keynote at CES going forward. This was their their last event. Although interesting that the um, the chairman of the uh, CEA, the Consumer Electronics Association that runs CES. Uh, you know his comment in, in introducing it was that he'd be very surprised if he didn't see uh, Microsoft back at a keynote within the next few years. So it'll be interesting to see how that lines up. But the um, yeah the, the the comments from Microsoft in advance were that there weren't going to be really announcements at this keynote. It was more going to be a recap of previous stuff. Now of course we always expect and look forward and hope there'll be some big announcements. But it was really a recap of uh, of what's been announced around Windows 8 and showing off. Um, some of the cool things around Windows 8 that Microsoft's released at this stage, but not really new information about Windows 8. Uh, again, a recap around Windows Phone and around the new uh, Xbox stuff with the dashboard and Connect and um, some of that um, you know TV type capabilities that so were, that were launched in de- December. So those that's the main things. So Paul, I'm sorry to cut you off again. Um, the one thing I noticed when I was watching the keynote was that they sort of show with the Connect where you could interact with the TV and talk about the Sesame Street and and that you could do from that side. From you, was that stage or was that all really going on at any point in time? So yeah, that um, I mean a little bit a little bit hard to tell, but that was I guess that that was what I tr- saw as sort of the big. Or the 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 main announcement of the keynote was what they were calling two-way TV. Now this was actually really interesting, and it seems like a great concept. Now the examples they gave gave were around um, kids being able to interact with uh, TV shows such as Sesame Street, and you know Sesame Street is a program that's there to to educate children. And that concept of actually children being able to interact with uh, a TV show to me actually makes a whole lot of sense because I think that 
makes it far richer from a learning perspective for a child. And that thought of dumping it, you know, dumping the kid in front of the TV and 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 leaving them there isn't necessarily very good. Uh, but if you have to do that, it's going to be much better if they're actually inter- interacting and 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 really learning. So the example they gave was um, uh, Sesame Street, and there was a case where it was you know count these their um, uh, coconuts. You had to throw four coconuts into a big basket, and so the kid had to pick up a sort of a and and move their arms as though they were picking up a virtual coconut from in front of them and tossing it into this basket, and it all meshed up really well. It looked it looked cool. That did seem to be live and actually operating um, cool, as, you, cool. as, as you might expect um, yeah so an interesting concept how you actually do that going forward with other TV programs and what the technicalities of delivering it are um, that that sounds pretty full on my thought was this can't actually be that close to launching uh, but I've got some feedback that, that actually no this is actually coming out in the US this year they're going to somehow deliver it wow so they had Ryan Seacrest up on stage with Steve Barmer, which is a different look and feel. We didn't have Steve sort of doing his normal routine. It, from what I saw, it was very much a conversation like we do in the studio. We have you and me and Skip sitting down chatting. So Ryan Seacrest this year, was, what did you think? Did it work? Yeah, I mean, it seemed to. He's, I mean, he's one of those those sort of personalities that people have watched, you know, the American Idol and the, and the like. And the, you know, there's a whole lot of uh, radio stations and 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 things like that in the US that I think he owns. He's you know, he's pretty major and very well known there, much more so than he would be here. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it it added a bit of um, I don't know about coolness, but it, 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 it added an element um, to Microsoft's presence by having Ryan Seacrest there. And it, um, yeah, probably made a little bit more relaxed than Steve Barmer out trying to sell things. It's somebody independent sort of asking some questions and, and uh, you know, coordinating. I, th- I thought it worked. I think Microsoft done in the past with keynotes at CES where they've had, uh, uh, I guess, celebrities that have come in to do things. I think the most infamous one was uh, Bill Gates and Conan O'Brien trying to demonstrate some Microsoft Home type technology. And the it was uh, a lot of epic fail and a lot of scrambling around the back to try and get that stuff going. It's quite a famous clip on YouTube. Um, what was the vibe in the room like from everyone? I mean, we can watch it from afar and see what people are sort of saying and thinking, but was there genuine excitement or is it just a bit of malaise about what's going on over there? That was interesting because, you know, you'd think they're showing off stuff that's already out, that people aren't going to really be too stoked, but actually there is so much technology now and, and even, you know, from one vendor that nobody's up with the play with everything that's available. So most of the people in the room wouldn't have had a Windows phone, they wouldn't have seen a lot of what could be done with Xbox, and, you know, not all of them would have, would have even been familiar with all the Windows 8 things. So there was actually quite a buzz, and there was some good feedback on a few occasions. Uh, again, this was another one of those events that was uh, was packed out, and there wasn't enough room. And, in fact, I tweeted about it. I, when we, we were sitting there, we found out that um, one, of the, one of the guys that was next to me, because, as Brad mentioned up front, I managed to get... Uh, uh, quite fortunate with some seating that maybe I shouldn't have really been in. Um, and uh, one of the guys had wandered over to see the uh, the chief financial officer of the uh, of the Consumer Electronics Association, and he had had to run off because some of their board members hadn't actually been able to get into the show, and they were being blocked uh, tr- trying to get up the escalators uh, oh, because wow. they'd actually closed the room off. There, you know, this and this was a huge room. It take would take a few thousand people, um, but it was blocked off, and there were more people wanted to get in. 
um, you know, Microsoft was hosting me there at CES, and uh, our hosts weren't able to get into the event. So, uh, you know, after we came out, they were like, oh, what happened, what happened? And, you know, they wanted to find out about it. That's interesting. I, I have to admit, I watched it live here from the Microsoft stream at the office with a couple of uh, colleagues, work colleagues and stuff. And we've had internet issues today. It's we've been had, a nightmare. It has been a bit of a nightmare internet issue. I mean, we've been doing a lot of buffering and not streaming. But um, generally, I think people were expecting a lot more out of it than what they got. And um, I, I guess the one thing that was a little disappointing for me is it's their last one, and they probably spent all of about five minutes of that celebrating the fact they'd been part of CES for 14 odd years whereas you know it would have been great to pull back Bill Gates I mean he's still around to come in and just sort of celebrate some of the great things they've done over CES it would have been quite good because they you're right they didn't bring anything new to the table they had an unfortunate incident trying to demonstrate Windows Phone uh, 7 technology um, and unfortunately, the lady from the service side of things, or the Windows 8 side of things, felt, felt like she was about to pass out because she didn't breathe the whole time. And the tweet choir was just... The tweet choir was just bizarre. I don't know quite... What was your reaction to the tweet choir, Paul? Well, something like that, I guess, is a little is different in person because, you know, watching something like that over a live... Watching uh, yeah, any sort of music over a live stream isn't usually like being there. Um, I mean... It wasn't no, it wasn't particularly exciting, but I think they're just <laughs> they're just trying to break it up, you know, and and do something a little bit different. Um, yeah, it didn't serve, it didn't really serve any purpose other than entertainment for those people that were there. Um, that that that's really all it was. It was kind of a way that it didn't just finish with, yeah, and we've got no news to announce. But you know, I know, yeah, people were disappointed, but they had actually said up front this time that. We're not announcing anything. We are just going to recap. So, you know, if you knew everything, then, you know, you didn't have to listen in, I guess. I guess. I, I understand what they're saying. It just seemed like a bit of a weak recap as well, to, to be honest, from my perspective. But, hey, you know, that's fine. I think from my perspective, I see Microsoft as a simmering giant. I mean, they've got so many things on the horizon. Um, and I just, this year could be the year they burst forth, and it could be quite an exciting year for them. But I just, you know, it's... I guess we're impatient for technology now. We've been in the, the cycle of new iDevices from Apple, and they're really exciting and really hypey, and so we just expect that out of everyone now. So, yeah, I mean, the keynote seemed to serve what it did. Um, Steve Barmer did seem um, a little um, a little keen to sort of try and say something, but possibly not, you know, kind of a guy that was uh, held back by um, non-disclosure perhaps. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and I guess I, you know, to be to be honest, I did. There was there was part of me that was disappointed that Microsoft, being as big and huge as they are, didn't show off some cool thing. You know, there must be they must be releasing products all the time. You know, they've got hundreds of different products across the board that they just didn't have a little bit more to show off. Um, and, you know, but I guess from the you know again the, their perspective is their main focus is at the moment is around showing three products and how these products actually that they have a that they do have a plan that brings these products together and that's Windows 8, Windows Phone and Xbox that they share a very similar user interface there's something cohesive there and that's really the story they're trying to tell is hey we've actually got it together we ha- we you know they've been talking for a long time about these three screens you know your your computer be it a pc a tablet or a laptop your phone and your tv screen and and actually this is the first 
time now that we're really actually starting to to see that these products are starting to come quite close together and and that was what what they were trying to um you know get get carried away with yeah that that's a fair point and the um the xbox demonstration was a little jaw dropping for me i thought it was um exceptional how they can do that i mean i remember a time when dragon dictate wouldn't work very well in a showroom floor and stuff like that and just seeing where voice control technology has gone and the guy to be able to control an xbox in the middle of a packed out event and at work it's like we've come a long way with this technology so you know well done microsoft i think um this year is going to be quite quite exciting so so obviously You've you've also travelled across to um, Las Vegas with some uh, key people from the media as well. Now, you had a chance to catch up with um, one of the people from PC World. Uh, yeah, no, that, that that's right. Um, today there were well, there, there were there are a bunch of media that I've that I've run into already, uh, and and we'll try and um, get together with with some of those guys over um, over the week. So definitely listen out for um, for for the other episodes of the NZ Tech podcast that come through this week. Uh, I bumped into, uh, for instance, Tom Merritt from uh, Twit Network. He, he's probably one of the most prolific uh, podcasters. In, in the world uh, does a tech news today and, and various other shows uh, for Twit so um, we're going to try and catch up with him um, yeah a, a bunch of people and one of the um, one of the press that was uh, was was over um, here was uh, Siobhan from uh, from PC World um, so yeah should we dive in and uh, have a listen to uh, to that chat now and uh, and then we'll come back uh, afterwards Right now I'm with Siobhan Kehoe uh, from PC World in New Zealand. How are you uh, enjoying the uh, the beginnings of CES, uh, Siobhan? Um, it's pretty great, pretty exciting, very busy. Excellent. Now this morning uh, there's been a few a few press events on uh, already today. We're uh, we're Monday, so it's before the actual official opening of CES. That um, we've had uh, Nokia, Samsung, Intel. LG, I think, so far have presented. Uh, now, you caught some of those sessions. What have been the highlights uh, for you today? Um, Intel's event was definitely a highlight just because uh, they did something a little bit different from their usual traditional pitch, which is all about processors. They didn't talk about processors. They talked about um, Ultrabooks. And um, I guess it was more of a consumer angle, which is interesting for me, uh, coming from a consumer magazine. So they were kind of talking about... Um, how people don't really, the average person doesn't really care about the specs and stuff, that's for the geeks. What they care about is it being simple, easy to use, um, and convenient and complementary to their lifestyle rather than something that is a hindrance. Okay, cool. So the devices that they sort of showed off, I guess these are, um, are, are previews of what's coming and of new form factors. Um, what, what was to like about, about that? Um, yeah, they had mostly concept uh, concept laptops there. So one of them that was really cool, it had a transparent touchpad that spanned the length of the keyboard, um, which doesn't sound that great because you think if you have a touchpad um, that spans the length of the keyboard, then that's where you're going to be resting your hands. But it can tell the difference between your palms and your fingertips. So you don't have the problem of the uh, mouse cursor moving uh, when you just have your palms on the touchpad. 
and when you close the laptop, because the touchpad is transparent, you can see part of the screen. And on that part of the screen, there's these um, Windows Live tiles from Windows 8, um, which a lot of you have probably seen already. So you can check your appointments or um, your emails or messages, anything that you have on your live tiles is going to show up in that little transparent box on the laptop. Wow, that sounds cool. Now, um, it's just a window in, or can you actually con- control that? Is there a sort of a flip side to the touchpad, and you can actually access that while the laptop's closed? Um, I believe it's just a window in, so it's only for the most important stuff, so you can see your appointments and the weather without um, opening the clamshell. Right, yeah, that, that sort of makes sense, although, uh, you know, we can always imagine one step further with these technologies, right? And what 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 else have you what else have you seen? Uh, Samsung had some uh, some some products to show off as well. Yeah, um, they had. I, mean, I think everyone was expecting them to announce some great new phone, but the main thing at the Samsung event was um, their push for smart TVs. So they announced a couple of TVs. Uh, one of them. I, th- I can't remember. I think it might be the ES eight thousand, um, which is just their. Uh, new stock 2012 um, smart TV goes up to about 75 inches or something um, and then they announced their ultra uh, their oh, sorry ultimate uh, smart TV um, which I think goes up to the same size and has their super AMOLED tech so um, obviously better colours uh, definitely looked really nice super crisp I was at quite a distance, I have to admit, so, um, I mean, I don't know what the people up the front were seeing, but from where I was standing, it looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I think uh, the, these uh, new uh, AMOLED screens, the 50, at the, coming in at the 55-inch, I mean, they started out just in the cell phones, but they seem to be coming through from a range of vendors, uh, LG, uh, Samsung, and there's one other that's uh, launched. Sharp as well. Okay. Cool. Now, as well from Intel, um, I think there was another new sort of form factor um, tablet um, slash uh, laptop sort of convertible device, similar to the things we've seen before, but um, maybe a bit slimmer. Was that the, was that the highlight? Yeah. Um, some of you might remember there was a Dell um, laptop slash tablet. I'm not sure if it ever got launched in New Zealand, actually, but I think it was about um, 11 inches, and you kind of flipped the screen over and it turned into a tablet um, on the outside. And this is basically a similar concept where um, the screen is held up not by a hinge but by a... It has an extra sort of piece of plastic that holds the screen up and turns um, so you can flip the screen over. And um, because I think it's... You know, Ultrabooks are thinner and lighter... Um, it's going to be a lot easier to use than some of those first um, laptop slash tablet things we saw coming through, which are just too heavy. Okay, cool. Oh, thanks for your uh, observations. We'll be uh, looking forward to uh, what happens when the uh, when the show floor opens um, officially. And uh, obviously, there's a lo- there's a lot more to come. We've got the uh, uh, the CES uh, keynote from Steve Barmer this evening. Um, do you have any uh, any major expectations of that one? Uh, not really. I guess I'm just expecting to see more from Windows 8, which um, I'm quite excited about because I. Um, I like that Windows is really going through a big change. 
Excellent. Okay, well, thanks very much for your time, uh, Siobhan, and uh, we'll look forward to looking out for your coverage in uh, New Zealand edition of PC World and uh, online, I'm sure, too. Thank you. So a really interesting chat with Siobhan there. I mean, it sounds like you two have obviously managed to get around a lot of CES already, um, and it's great to have that sort of New Zealand flavour to what's happening at um, CES. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually hadn't seen her there at all until uh, until that interview. So that's the thing. There are so many thousands of, of, of people, and, and so far it's just been press people. And, of course, tomorrow it opens to the industry masses. So on top of the sort of, you know, four or 5,000 people involved in the press, there's going to be another, you know, 140-odd thousand people, uh, to, you know, to, to, turning up um so it will be even more impossible to um you know to to connect with anyone unless you've actually formalized formalized a place in a time when you're gonna when you're gonna catch them unless it's just pure blind luck i think so obviously you've got a uh, big sort of next 72 96 hours over there at ces um it's getting late let's let you get some beauty sleep and uh we'll look forward to uh, catching up with you on twisphere and uh, we'll do another special episode of the nz tech podcast live from ces uh, in the next few days Excellent. Hey, thanks very much, guys. Uh, appreciate you uh, connecting in. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's a mad week already so far. And, yeah, as I say, CES isn't officially kicked off, but there's been so much going on. Uh, I will try and get some sleep in, in between all the all the excitement, and uh, but I'll, I'll also be doing lots of interviews, lots more content to come. So, you know, definitely, uh, you know, for the listeners – Please, you know, stay plugged in if you want to keep up to date with what's happening. Of course, you can uh, hit us back with feedback anytime. Feedback at nztechpodcast.com via email. Uh, We're on Twitter, nztechpodcast, facebook.com slash nztechpodcast also. So, uh, yeah, please hook up with us through through those channels and, uh, and keep in touch. Now, Paul, if people want to also follow you, I'm not sure if you mentioned your Twitter handle. It's just my name, Paul Spain. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Brad Boar. Skip. And mine's uh, at Urban Kiwi NZ. All right, well, this is uh, New Zealand signing off from Las Vegas. Have a, an amazing evening. We'll speak to you soon, buddy. See ya. See ya. <laughs>